The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yes, Regina Doherty, the Finnegale Senator, and Mick Barry, the Socialist TD for Cork North Central, uh, both back with me for another edition of Common Ground. And this week we are looking at the size and scale of the Defence Forces and whether they need to be increased. A question asked by our very own reporter, Mairead Cleary, today in Nace, of all places, just up the road from the Curra Defence Forces HQ. Let's take a listen to what people have to say. Yes, I do. Because at the moment we're spending in excess of a billion a year on something that's absolutely useless. So either close it down or make it actually functioning. Do you think Ireland's military is big enough? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what we need the army for if it's yeah if it's if it's needed to do good work overseas. But I don't know if it needs Probably the ones that are there probably need to be better taken care of. There's certainly a reputation for Ireland's military to be somewhat cowboys, is what you'd hear a lot in Nathan Newbridge, just because we're so close to the Curra. There's certainly a, a reputation around the town about how we feel about them no i, I think we we have a big um detachment here in the curra and i think they could be utilized a lot better our neutrality th- uh, thing is now dead and gone we're we're uh, ireland has moved on and europe has moved on all right just some people in nace today just up the road from the curra speaking to our reporter Mairead cleary mick barry should we increase the size and scale of the defense forces uh no karen i don't think we should uh, there is a proposal uh, from the government to increase the spending from just over a billion, as the chap said, to one and a half billion in the next uh, five years. The biggest increase in military spending in the history of the state. Uh, I don't think you can look at this uh, just f- standalone. It's part of an international trend. Uh, Germany are going to break the bank and spend a hundred billion on their military this year. Japan are increasing their military expenditure by more than 25% this year and two trillion is spent worldwide um, on these issues. I think that uh, the context of it is um, what I would describe as a new Cold War. Um, Russia, Ukraine is a big part of that, but it's a bigger picture. The tensions between US and China over Taiwan and so on. And countries are being asked to take sides and I don't think the government are going to move to sign Ireland up to NATO in the next 12 months or anything like that. But I think the idea is uh, closer military cooperation with EU powers and then the EU powers more closely aligning with NATO. Most of them are in NATO in any case. Uh, And Ireland gets pulled into it in in that sense. Uh, And I think the plan to increase the military spending is part of that bigger picture. Regina. So I suppose, again, I don't agree uh, with Mick. I do think we need to live up to the commitment that we've made to our defence forces to increase the capacity of their members to 9,500, which is a far cry from what it's at today, because today currently it's at 8,100. Um, we do have a roadmap based on the deal that was done with the then Defence Minister Simon Coveley last year in last year's budget to increase the capital uh, and the total allocation for defence from what it was, uh, was just over a billion to this year to 1.2, right up to 1.5 billion. But we're very different to the picture that Mick has just painted because we are a neutral country. That's something that's incredibly precious to the vast majority of people in this country and not something I see, you know, being maligned or thrown away um, anytime soon. So the, the picture, again, that Mick paints as to, you know, the new Cold War isn't a reality of what goes on in Ireland. And so what you look and see to the Defence Forces in Ireland, and I think what most people actually genuinely 
only know about is that huge peacekeeping forces and the training that we do, you know, in other countries where there is war and, you know, how we help recuperate and mind and, you know, and, and teach people how to defend themselves. But the vast majority of the defending that they do is in Ireland. It's in our inshore patrols. It's in our maritime patrols. We did a debate only a couple of months ago, you know, when we had the Russian infractions down off the coast, the, coast, the west coast of Cork. We couldn't even defend ourselves and go out and do something if they did actually, in, you know, incur in our waters. Uh, we have a particular situation at the moment where we have the UK RAF minding our skies, you know, so we're an island. We shouldn't have that. We should have a strong defence forces system uh, and membership organisation that's fully funded uh, to make sure that they do the defending of what we expect them to do in Ireland. But also be the world-renowned leaders, mm. you know, of peacekeepers in the rest of the world, where there are other countries that are misfortunate or not as fortunate as we are. Make this nothing to do with a new Cold War. This is about taking ships uh, out of Hall Bolan and getting them back patrolling Irish waters, which they're not doing at the moment because we don't have the naval personnel. Uh, no, I think anyone who's been watching uh, the debate closely over the last year and listening carefully to the utterances of politicians like. Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar uh, will see uh, that there is a change uh, underway. Uh, they're trying to make the change by a successive uh, series of small steps. Uh, but there's there's no doubt about the direction of uh, travel. And I think an important point for this discussion, it's the old argument about guns and butter. <laughs> uh, and you can't have both. Uh, particularly in... Why a, not? Well... In an era when uh, interest rates are increasing by the month uh, and where slowdowns are taking place in the economy, governments have to make choices. So should we be choosing to increase expenditure on the military by more than 50% or nearly 50% rather, uh, when you could use that expenditure to hire 12,000 nurses at starting rates of pay. Now, the starting rates aren't high enough, but mm. you could hire 12,000 nurses, build 2,000 houses, uh, and I could list you know, a whole load of would other you, examples. Would, would you accept, though, that we do need to increase the number of personnel in the naval service in order to get boats back patrolling Irish waters? We were talking about the scourge of drugs last week. They're not produced in this country. They're imported by sea a lot of the time. We rely on the naval service to intercept those. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure whether, you know, you, you, you might have to build the naval service up to a very high level to give yourself very strong protection on some of those, uh, on some of those fronts. Um, I tell you one thing that we certainly do need to increase. Uh, we need to increase the pay of people who serve in the defence mm. forces. I was hit with an incredible state st- uh, stat by a member of my staff today who said that the, st- the starting rate in the defence forces is, is €334 Euro a week. So during COVID, when you had the 350 payment, you'd actually been better off resigning from uh, uh, the defence forces. Yeah. And clearly there is a need for uh, serious pay increases there. And I, I, I'm a little bit wary when I see uh, government ministers... Um, you know, getting excited about uh, new uh, military equipment that can be bought when we still have 
this major problem of low pay in our defence forces. Uh, Regina, yeah, your, your Fine Gael colleague Pascal Dunne, who was with me about 30 minutes ago, making the argument around cost of living expenses that, listen, uh, resources are finite and money is finite. So what say you to, to Mick's point that, you know, there is a kind of guns versus butter it's argument not, sorry, to be made? No, the, the, two things that, the two things that Mick cited are not mutually exclusive. The fact that we might need more nurses is a fact. It doesn't mean that we need less defence members. Um, you know what? I, there's a, a punch out of the people on the left or most of the people in the opposition to say things that are not true. And if you say them often enough and with authority, people start to believe them. There's absolutely no basis for the incremental roadmap that Mick has just described there for us losing our neutrality. None whatsoever. The roadmap for the Defence Forces, the rehabilitation of all of our barracks, the additional purchases of fleets that we need, the recruitment of staff to bring it back up to you know, a force to be reckoned with, has absolutely nothing to do with becoming a proactive military force. It's to do with everything that you've described with regard to manning our internal waters, manning our external waters, making sure that we can look after our skies and doing all of the services that the Defence Forces excuse me, for time and memorial since the foundation of the state have done so. And to be with respect, for a gentleman to talk about the pay, which does need to be changed at the same time as he abandoned them or disbanded the service, kind of is a contradiction. First of all, we have a Defence Forces plan, to be honest with you, that was probably took too long to invest in. And I say that, you know, acknowledging the Fine Gael have been in power since 2011. But we now finally have a Defence Forces plan where we're going to improve the primary radar system. We're going to buy the boats that we need to manage our inshore, our, our inland shores, look at our defences from a maritime perspective, be able to have the crews that can go out and catch the people that you've spoken about that are not landing here in balloons, you know, in trim or wherever they're coming from. We need a robust defence forces, but we also do need to recognise that we are world leaders in providing both training and defence mechanisms from a peacekeeping perspective around the world. We've been doing it for years. I think we're in Beirut for as long as I'm alive. OK, I'm, Excuse I'm, me. So I'm, that belies the drip I'm, feed I'm, I'm, of the roadmap that Mick has just given us to, on our route to NATO, which is total rubbish. I'm glad that Regina feels that I say things with authority. Um, I never I argued kind. in favour of the disbandment of the Defence Forces and I think if you ask serving Defence Forces personnel as to who has abandoned them in the last decade, certainly on the issue of pay, they will feel that it's been Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil governments. I will just say this in conclusion though. This is a worldwide trend now big increases in military expenditure and in country after country you will see that government will make choices as to whether to prioritise social needs like housing or health or military expenditure. I think those governments will tend to make the wrong choices and I think it's important that people like myself, socialists on the left, Mm. uh, speak up in favour of the social spending and defending those programmes from these increases. So can I just very briefly respond to the socialist programme? 25 billion euros were spent this year on health. We haven't seen the incremental change from whence we came in government when the spend was only something like 14 billion that we would like to see. So there's far more wrong in our health service system than just throwing money at it versus the 1 billion that we're spending to defend our shores and our skies and the pride to reinstill, you know, from the perspective of investment uh, by the state in our defence forces who do us proud day in, day out. Mick, the shiny new toys that you talk about, top of that list is a primary radar system. Why shouldn't we have a primary radar system? I mean, that this idea that it's all part of kind of 
a new Cold War, it's kind of tinfoil hat stuff, isn't it? I mean, the alternative is, as Regina said, is that we keep asking the Brits what's going on in our skies. So to suggest we shouldn't do it is to argue that we should continue picking up the phone and ringing the local RAF base in Luton to say, uh, sorry lads, is there anything in the skies over Ireland? And if there is, will you send a few tornadoes or F-35s over to deal with it? Okay, well, we, It's kind we, of embarrassing. We keep it friendly in these uh, uh, debates. Uh, but I, I have to object to characterisation of a point of view as being tinfoil hat. There, there's no question but that, um, you know, the traditional... Uh, Irish uh, neutrality position as even as the remnants of it as outlined by Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, there is a move away from that anyone who's listening there's, carefully there's no basis to that mechanism whatsoever give me, give me one example that, you, that bears out the, the statement that you just made well why is it that the Irish state has participated in several meetings now of uh, the Ukraine contact group at the NATO military headquarters in Germany. Because we have expertise that we're giving and sharing with a country that has had tens of millions of people flee from their shores because of an illegal invasion of a Mm. brutal regime. And why is it that we had uh, NATO personnel in County Cork late last year uh, involved in a training exercise for members of the Irish uh, Defence Forces. I mean, you're digging a hole, Regina, here, and no, the more, more you, 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 you dig, the, the, the deeper clue you're is in the name. It. The, the clue the, is in the name: Defence Forces. They're there to defend us in the case of you know ever needing it. But they're there also to man our waters, to man our skies, to make sure that we're safe, and to use their training expertise mm. to help other jurisdictions defend themselves mm. and to keep the peace. That's all we've ever done for a hundred years. Well, that's I, all I, they're going to continue to do. And again, that, go back that, that to, that I asked you, about the I meeting, asked you. I'll just note the point that the points about the meetings at the NATO military headquarters in Germany and the points about NATO personnel being in this state training Irish Defence Force uh, uh, people and looking looking at uh, the exercises that were taking place yeah. in County Cork in, in, in fairness, were not I, replied to. I, I don't think Mick is suggesting that we shouldn't be offering any support whatsoever to Ukraine. I think his point is that this wasn't an NGO meeting that we were taking part in it was a NATO meeting and the idea that we're neutral it kind of flies in the face of it, it doesn't it? It doesn't. The idea that we're neutral isn't an idea. It's compounded in what Irish people feel and what they want. We have the triple lock there for a reason. It was, you know, it's, it's in our constitution and I won't be tired, I think, anybody that would ever try and unravel it despite mixed protestations that is already happening. I'm not suggesting that be- being at a meeting is any way, shape or form some little thread that's going to be pulled to unravel, you know, some secret deal that's going to be brought in by Michal Martin, our Minister for Defence. I don't subscribe to that tinfoil hat nonsense. What Whatsoever. We have a defence force system that's under-resourced for the last number of years that finally has a roadmap to bring it back to its prime of 9,500 people. I wholeheartedly agree that that's what we should be doing. I wholeheartedly agree that we should be manning our own skies, our own seas. We should be doing our um, own defence mechanisms and training, all of that, and absolutely continue to be the world leader. To be continued. Micheál Martin is the current Minister for Defence. He's going to be joining me a little bit later in the week, so we will continue uh, that discussion to a degree as well. Regina Doherty Finnegale Senator Mick Barry Socialist TD for Cork North Central thank you as always uh, for joining me here on the uh, show The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk